Hey guys, this is Michelle from Overpowered Podcast, and I'm back with my co-host, Jasmine. And this is for The Flash. So this is Geeks of the Machine, and we're going to talk about The Flash Season 5, Episode 10, entitled The Flash and the Furious. Now, before we start, we are going to go over feedback from the previous episode. Um, one of the listeners, Rachel or Rach, had Rach, a very, yeah. very, say. A very in-depth yeah. <laughs> comment. We appreciate it, though. <laughs> yeah, and we definitely need to go over it because you made a, a lot of great points. So, um, Jasmine, why don't you go ahead? Okay, so the first point she made was that Noah's nickname is excess, and it com- if it came from a place of negativity, she wouldn't use it as her superhero name. I would argue that it could be a form of self-hatred. I'm not disagreeing with you. I don't think that it's a form of self-hatred, but to play devil's advocate, there are superheroes who use their like childhood nicknames or like things that people call them as taunting as their name as an empowerment type of thing. And she was very sad when she said, my mother called me excess because I was just so much and I was over the top. Bleh. Mm-hmm. Um, she also mentioned that... Well, North- actually, try to read her, quote, her um, quotes verbatim. It's very long, Michelle. <laughs> like, I appreciate you. Oh, but- well, look, look. I want... Because you got to keep it in context for other people. That's what I'm saying. So it's okay. not... So- All right. Okay. Mm-mm. Uh, I will, I will say, say that <laughs> I will say that the thing that turned me off the most was hypocrisy of the Nora Iris issue, which was lying in order to protect her daughter. Iris went through that mess with Barry and Joe, mm-hmm. and that deeply hurt her in season one mm-hmm. too. So for her to turn around and do that to Nora struck me as out of character because no one who has been lied to more than Iris. So for her to lie to her child is disappointing. Oh, let's not forget that Iris sat up there and then lied to Joe when she found out that she had a brother that Joe didn't know about. She was like, oh, I have a brother? Well, daddy doesn't know. I'm not going to tell him because it made her his feelings. What? Look, I mean, sorry, let me dial it back. Go ahead, Jasmine. Yeah, I don't know any of this. I came in in season five. So... Thanks for the point, Rach, but I, it went over my head. I'm sure devout listeners will be out there like, yeah, yeah Rach. Yeah, Rachel, <laughs> you, uh, Rach. I'm sorry. I don't know if it's Rachel or Rach. Uh, look, Rach. It's Rach. Okay. I apologize. Um, so Michelle basically, can't get your I, name right. I know. Uh, no, I can't. <laughs> so what I was saying was, I think that you have a really good point that that was very... Um, hip, she was being a hypocrite in that situation for sure. But I think because of that, Iris became okay with lying in order to protect someone, even though she originally couldn't stand it. So I, I feel like in a way that they conditioned her to think that that was okay. Because that's what Barry and Joe kept saying to her over and over again when she kept saying, I don't, this was wrong. How could you do this to me? How could you lie to my face every day? You were supposed to trust me. I was supposed to trust you. And yet she's doing it to her daughter. And now, not only did she did it to her daughter, she did it to her father for a while before she ended up confessing to him. But then again, I can't also say, I feel like it was multiple times after that in which Barry lied to her about various things that was happening um, such as when he found out that she was destined to die and he, uh, 
just didn't tell her about it. When she found out about it, she wasn't angry. I think she more or less wished that he would have opened up to her. If I'm not, let me know because I read fan fiction. So I want to make sure I'm not, you know, mixing this up. But I definitely agree with you on that point. Jasmine, continue. <sighs> Nora, as a character, has literally brought life back to the Flash, which mm-hmm. was trending downward since the back half of season three. Which, you know what's funny? Mm. The back half of season three got so much flag, but I actually didn't mind the super romantic stuff that was happening between Iris and Barry. So I was okay with it. I am very much with Oliver. Like, keep this out of the office. No, it was out of the office. What are you talking about? Again, I haven't seen this. Exactly. So, so what are you saying? Like, how dare you attack me for my opinion? <laughs> like, that's what I'm saying. Well, I'm sorry. How I'm... dare I attack you for your ill-informed opinion? Yes. As if yes. you were. You're speaking <laughs> as if you were informed. No. <laughs> yes. Don't you attack my ill-informed opinion? Um, in my opinion, oh yeah, we heard that. With her arrival, we finally moved the story forward, bringing back Eobard Thawne and the 2024 newspaper into the forefront. Mm. Nora's presence has done wonders for the Iris character that we haven't seen since, what, season one? Which is true. Um, because I noticed, I, I wish Jasmine could speak on it, but she hasn't watched it. But um, I did notice that Iris struggled the character struggled with her own identity over the um the seasons and she kept being pushed to the back and it was like even a petition online where people were saying hey where's iris what about iris show see her see iris show her so i think because of that you notice now that they're writing her to be a mother so you see her um in that light then she's becoming a reporter again so you see her in that light then she's a wife then she's a daughter you get to see all these other aspects of iris instead of just being the love interest which i think a lot of people had a problem with uh me included to a certain extent because i'm like we're watching it from barry's um perspective he didn't really see at that time see her as anything more than a friend slash potential love interest so now that they open it up and possibly open up his eyes more. We get to see all of those things. I wish you would have let me finish because you literally mentioned that in the next paragraph. Oh. <laughs> Iris was finally allowed a, vo- a point of view and was able to voice her concerns and be confident and stood up for her. Remember when everyone complained about Barry being able to in season two when Iris was struggling with her mom and Eddie and no one cared? Or in season three when her death weighed heavily on everyone but Iris? Oh, oh yeah, that and, is true. Oh, and she had her two-minute scene of weakness, then boom, back to Barry, Wally, and Joe brooding with Iris having to lift them up when she was the only one that was finna get stabbed. True. I appreciate the, the, the use of finna in this scene. Yeah. Like, thank you. I appreciate you, Rach. <laughs> she, she was the one to comfort people and never the other way, and not the other way around. That is very much true. She's always been the person to bear all the burdens. Like, now that I'm thinking about it, yep, yep. So you think that's because she's a black woman and black women tend to bear all the burdens? I think that's true in life of women in general, but true. specifically black women. But Well, especially superhero women, if we're being specific. Like, they always bear the burden of their... The emotional burden. Yeah. Yeah. So, unless you're, you know, Lois Lane, where... You are completely oblivious. 
to everything except you being saved and Superman can't hear his own mother. He's such but, a terrible person. Like, I'm sorry. That bothered me so much. The fact that he didn't hear his mother, but he well, could hear Lois Lane. BBS. Yes, and BBS was a terrible thing, but in, in general... The character Lois Lane is just so reckless. She's reckless in the sense that I'm going to do what I want to do, whether or not it'll nearly get me killed because I know you're going to save me anyway. I just wish she wouldn't save her one time. I do too. Like, I wish that she would die. Like, or not just necessarily die, but get, like, so close to death that she rethinks her actions and becomes a better person. Yes, it's not depending on him to save her all the time. That's not a good reporter. It, you know what? It's been two scenes like that for um, In the Flesh with Iris. The first one, she uh, was investigating, like, a, um, a situation with, like, you know, like, the mafia or something like that. And she got caught in a shootout because they, you know, discovered that she was there. And she called Barry's like, what am I supposed to do? I don't know what to do. And he told her, jump out the window. I'll catch you. Just trust me. And she did, and he caught her. And then the next time was when Barry was in danger and what you call it, threw him off the roof and she dived off the roof. And she was like, I knew you was going to get me. I just had to get the handcuffs off you. But in both of those situations, I felt like the first one, um, Barry was the one who told her it was okay to do that. And then the second one, she was actually trying to save Trying to save his life. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so it wasn't like selfish reasons. I do appreciate that scene though. Like, mm-hmm. the level of love and trust that you have to have in another person. Because I wouldn't do that. I was thinking that, too. Like, to literally jump off of I'm... a building and trust that they will catch you no, as I'm you're like, trying to unho- unbuckle these. But I would have been like, um, Nora, you got this, right? Like... No, I was like, I always loved you. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? like, where's the money at? Where you stashed it? Like, did you put my name in the way? <laughs> Um, go ahead um but in season five we see iris struggle with her fears of being a bad mother um her relationship with francine coming back we see barry stand up for her and affirm reaffirm his faith in her we sorry see my, Cecil... my dog is in the background <laughs> like sniffing so still doing the same thing this isn't something that is fixed right away cecile is doing some of her best work and people are just complaining about it the best episode of season five and one of the best in the series question mark in my opinion was five five all dolled up and the episode was mm-hmm. all about iris and her relationship with nor that's the one where she jumped off jumped the off the building yeah mm-hmm. the only stuff that sucks is killer frost because oh <laughs> Um, oh my god rage oh my god i love you oh i'm sorry thank you so much rage for the comment guys feel free to leave us comments we read them we care about your opinion um and rage is kind of epic for being the first one to leave a comment on this yay you yay rage um just so you know i absolutely hate killer frost too and we're going to get into reasons why um (laughs) so let's move on uh to today's oh wait hold on i didn't give my opinion um i agree with you specifically rage on the Nora and um, um, Iris situation, I haven't seen seasons previously, but Nora was the reason that I watched this episode, and as I was getting into it, I liked the relationship building that they have. I appreciated the Cecile scene. Don't necessarily care about Francine. Who was Francine? Was that the girl that she hated? No, that's her mother. Like, Iris' know, mother? Yeah, Iris's mother, who um, we found out that Joe basically lied and told her that her mother died, and her mother was never dead. And um, she was a drug addict and he kicked her out. 
wow. and just lied about it. Yeah. So he went full Tyler Perry in this. Okay. Pretty much. And then <laughs> she got clean and she had a kid he didn't know about. Iris found out what happened and she was mad at her mother, not at Joe, for lying to her. She was mad at her for ever being on drugs to be in that situation. I was about to say, that makes sense. For her mother to choose drugs over her as a kid from a, that perspective. But you're an adult now when she found out. Oh. Yeah. Well, and I mean, her, I don't know. Because, I mean, you give Nora a lot of leeway. Why aren't we That's why her? I'm not mad about that. I wasn't mad about that. What I was upset about was, one, you thought your mother was dead. And your father lied to you for 20 plus years. Mm-hmm. And you did not have anything to say to him about him lying because he was, quote, unquote, doing it to protect you. Meanwhile, because of that actions, of both of their actions, um, but mainly his actions, his her she never got to know her mother. Her mother ended up, um, she had cancer, and she didn't really get to know her. She ended up dying. She didn't get to really know her brother until late in life because her father, you know, severed all ties with the mother. Um, and then Iris turns around and does the same thing where she's hiding information that is important information. I'm sorry, if I, somebody found out I had a kid out there, I don't know how I would have a kid without me knowing, but let's say it happened. I would definitely appreciate you telling me that I had this child out here running around that I had no idea about. And then because of that, Wally had a lot of resentment towards the father. Like, where were you when I needed you? You didn't, weren't there. It was like a lot of drama, um, season two. Mm. All right, well, let's move back to season five. Thanks, Rachel, for the comment. We really appreciate you. Right, so we do. Um, I, I mean, necessarily, I just happen to sigh. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into um, this past week's episode, which is season five, episode 10, The Flash and the Furious. And what I want to talk about, it, firstly, is the Nor and Thawne scenes. Um, we, we can just go over both of them. So Nora, okay. Can we? Oh, are you gonna? Can can we talk about the fact that Nora doesn't understand nuance, and that's what's really bothering me because she's like thirty. Go ahead. Um, because Michelle called me immediately as soon as she watched this episode. No, I no, she wasn't Nora. even done. She wasn't even done. But my problem with Nora in this episode specifically was that she's constantly acting like she's sixteen. And I don't understand at 30 how you don't understand the nuances that people have. The shades of gray that everyone has inside of them. And that you are the villain in someone's story just as you are a hero. Mm-hmm. So it's very... That that was weird to me. That character choice um, that the writers gave her. It was also weird to me that like Thawne, after she found out, she was like, you don't change. Villains don't change. He, but she was right. He didn't change. We don't know that. I do. He does not change ever. Ever. He never changes. He always hates Barry until the day he dies. We don't know that. He hasn't died yet. Jasmine. Okay. Look, we all know Eobard has done some crappy stuff, okay? Based off of what you know, are you telling me, Jasmine, you would be able to not only forgive him, but... Like, you can use your whole Christian blanket. In this yeah, I was about to say, let me to. throw my little Christian blanket yeah. on. <laughs> I, I knew it was coming. That's what like. Let me, like, go ahead. But do you think that you personally would be able to forgive those actions and then move on from there and treat and think of him as being like everyone else? 
the thing is this, and this is what I will say. From Nora's perspective, she did not know any of this going in. He did, yeah. he had every opportunity to tell her, and that I understand why she would be upset. Like you lied to me every chance that you got, and then there's a whole is omission really a lie? I've been trying to help you, like that he played, but my problem. No, he said this is what he said. This is how you know he's a freaking liar. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Um, I thought your mother would have told you. <laughs> he literally. Said that is that. a fair point if we're being honest. But that's also that actually no, that's not because you know her mother told her nothing. Or she exactly, <laughs> he's like, yeah. Um, he's like, she said, you could have told me. Yeah, I just I didn't. But I thought your mother would have told you. I was like, really? So you gonna try to throw this on Iris right now, sir? Calm down now. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jasmine. <laughs> um, I find it interesting the uh, the way that they did this. I I agree with you. I do not think that he has changed. But I can see why she would want to believe that he's changed. You know what? I feel like, honestly, Thon is more of a father figure to her than her own father. Well, she, her, she doesn't know her father, so... That's what I'm saying. So I feel like for her, she will want to seek out redemption for him more so than anybody else because he, for a while, for at least six months, filled in that space where he was the mentor like that's what thorn does he knows how to you know ingratiate himself with people he knows how to ingrain himself in your life where you feel like you learned something from him you notice how with every single person who he has dealt with on the show he has taught them something which always makes it so that they look at him as a father as a mentor and i think that's what she how she perceives him. She looks at him as a mentor, as that, not like Barry, where she idolizes Barry, but she looks up to him. You know what I mean? She respects him, even though she knows what he did. Um, Well, she doesn't know what he did at the time, but she knew that... He was a villain. Yeah. She looked up to him because he was giving her the opportunity to see her father. So I can understand why she wants to forgive him, but at the same time... The problem that I had with this show was, I was like, the one time I don't want you to teach her nuance <laughs> is with this. Well, my problem is she's 30 and doesn't understand nuance. Well, we talked about this. We talked about this um, that night. And I told you, I don't I don't know where to blame on this. I, I don't know if it's to blame Nora or if it's to blame um, Iris at this point and the people who raised her. And the reason why is because we don't know how isolated she was growing up. We don't know. We already know that they've been lying to her. We know that they have been omitting information from her, that they have been, um, in, in some regards, making her feel isolated. So, like she said, she always felt weird and different from everyone else. So, we know those things. But I don't know to what extent. Like, was she allowed to go out? Did she go to school with, you know, other people? Did she get a chance to interact with other people on a daily basis? Well, we know he, that she, at the very least, interacted with Caitlyn and, like, everyone on Team Flash. Yeah, So, but you're telling me none of them have ever done something that required a nuanced look? Probably not. That doesn't, like, I don't know. And I the reason why I said that is because, in her eyes, they are heroes and they don't do anything wrong. And I believe that they would have reiterated that to her they like because iris the fact that iris didn't even try to teach her life lessons is obvious well to me it seemed like iris didn't try to teach her life lessons because 
if she did, the first thing that I would have done is taught you life lessons about your father. You know what I mean? Barry been through a lot of stuff. Why not bring up those examples and say, hey, you know, this is why you don't want to do this, that, this, that. Because if that would she, be painful as his wife. To know but that that's not gone. fair to your daughter. So you're saying because it's painful for you, you're allowed to set her up for failure. I am saying that there needs to be a bit of levity for the situation. But she, but what I'm saying is that's not what happened. She got nothing. I agree with you. I don't think Iris necessarily should have been the one to talk to her about it, but someone in her life should have Why been not? About that's it. her mother. Your responsibility that, is to raise your child. Yes, but at the same time, does that come as mostly damaging yourself? If I lost the love of my life. A year to, oh, and I'm I sorry, have to, no, no, sorry. I'm, I'm going to just, I'm going to let you finish, but I'm letting okay, you know Kanye. I'm not going to respond. Yeah, call me client, but I'm not going to respond to you because I feel myself get irritated. <laughs> I had to learn, like, okay, what my triggers are, and you're going into my triggers right now. Go ahead. Like, if I lose the love of my life, and I still have to go on, I still have to raise my children or child at this point and be the best version of myself that I can be after that, I don't know how necessarily me telling you about the great moments that I had with the love of my life that I will never have again, as far as I know. Because I will never see him again. Right. Like, how is is my pain in those moments? Because now I'm going... <laughs> Even they are, like, over you. Go now on. I'm going to be looking at those moments and be, like, completely devastated. Like, here's our wedding photo, the happiest moment of my life, and now I'll never experience kissing him, hugging him, being with him. And, of course, there's a point where you get over the initial trauma of that. Okay, so I am that in, she's 30 years old. I am in no way saying that Iris is right in the way that she handled the situation. Um, perpetually. But initially, I agree with you. Like, I mean, initially, I disagree. Initially, it would make sense where it's like, I can't deal with this. And maybe that initially, was her way. Initially, her daughter wouldn't have been interested in it. Remember, Barry disappeared when she was like four or like three or four years old. four, Three to five years old in that age range. Like, so if that's the case, like when you, I'm thinking that she would at least start talking to her about that when she was like seven, eight, nine, ten. During those times where a kid would want to really get to know the other parent that wasn't around. And I wasn't even talking about those lessons. Like you're talking about, oh... When we fell in love, and all, nobody cares about that. Well, I was talking about, oh, your father traveled back in time and he messed up the entire timeline. You know what I mean? Right, but Twice. I don't know why Cisco or Killer Frost couldn't cover that. Because maybe Iris told him not to. She's her mother. Mm-hmm. And Iris, I mean, Nora already said that Iris told her that she was not allowed to talk about the past. So why wouldn't she also tell Cisco and Caitlin that too? Like, at the end of the day, like I said, with the information that we have, it just feels like Iris made a lot of effed up decisions. And then you also didn't see um, season, what is that season? You didn't see the beginning of season four where Barry, I mean, Iris thought Barry was dead. She was not acting like that. You know how, um, what Nora is describing when she thought Barry was dead. She was acting like somebody who was always into her work always trying to get stuff done. You know what I mean? Um, very involved in that, in that. So I would feel, I would think based off of what they showed, how she, what her grieving looks like for her, why wouldn't she turn that into, let me teach you what not to do? Like she would, 
Based off of what they showed me, I would think she'd be Sarah Connor out here. Like, no, we is not gonna, you're not gonna F this up, okay? What y'all gonna, you're gonna be perfect out here. You know what I mean? You're gonna know how to survive. You're gonna know um, what dangers look like. You're gonna know how to, I don't know, um, do any, use all of your powers because you don't know when you'll need them. You don't know like when anything could happen or at the very least, if you don't want to use them, you know how to get by without doing it. You know what I mean? Like she just like, I don't know. From what I can see, I just didn't like her actions in it. Um, and to like some of the other things that you said, I can get what you're saying. Like somebody is grieving there in that, but grieving is a forever process. You don't get to take a break from your life forever. And that's not fair to the other people that you are responsible for. To say that my grief means that I don't get, because I'm grieving that I don't get to, I don't have to take care of my child anymore until I'm over it. That's not fair. It really is I mean, did she stop? Cause, because what we're saying is that she shut down emotionally. She, a part of her, she just cut off. Mm-hmm. So, instead of connecting with her daughter emotionally, she just made sure that she existed. And that's not a good thing. I'm I'm agreeing with you. Because it takes more, like, people are more than just, you know, machines. We need that emotion. We thrive off of that. That's how we live. And to take that away, like, I get why, I can't, I can't always understand why something happened. There's a reason for everything. That doesn't make it an excuse. There's a difference between a reason and excuse. And I feel like you're inadvertently excusing her behavior instead of just finding the reason behind it. Jasmine. I mean, that's possible. Like I said, I very much relate to Iris. Like, Who, like you don't have a child, so... No, I relate to, like, the mother-daughter dynamic. And I'm just like, yeah, but she's your mother. But she, no. Like, <laughs> I relate to the mother-daughter dynamic as the child. <laughs> I'm like, no, I, I know this as this would not fly for me. I'm sorry. And I would have been acting just like Nora did um, when she, when all of that stuff happened. That's why I said I can't be mad at her for exhibiting her anger in that way because I have done it. You know what I mean? It's just, it's what it is. When you're, when you're, um, anybody who's been in a relationship with someone, if someone was like, you know, hurt you terribly, I don't care if you got to see them 20 years down the line, 20 years up the line, whatever. You would still have some feelings towards it. And like I said, she tried to mask it in the beginning by not interacting with her because she knew that she wasn't ready. And then when Iris pushed, she gave her what she wanted. Now, Mm. all right, so let's move on. So we talked about um, the one thing that we didn't mention is that at the end, Thawne was like, she's like, after after she, Nora, learned her life lesson from her family, basically telling her to trust villains and give them another chance, right? She was like, all right, Thawne, I know that I want to be able to trust you. I don't trust you now, but I want to give you the opportunity to. And Thawne's looking at the wall like, tick tock, you know, I'm about I to don't die have time. here. Like, I don't have the time. Like, basically saying, you know, why don't you just break me out of here, shorty? Yeah, I was like, like, I was on the phone with Jasmine at this point. I was like, please don't, please don't break him out. Please do not break him out. And then it cut to commercial. I was like, she probably broke him out. She probably did. And we're going to find out next week if she did. But I feel like she broke him out of jail. (laughs) All right. So let's move on. Uh, Jasmine, who do you want to talk about next? You want to talk? Killer Frost and Cisco. Ooh, okay, Killer Frost and Cisco. <laughs> Go ahead. B- 
because my issue with this, they had the cure um, thing, which I'm so tired of the cure. Like, everything comes down to a cure, and, like, it's just exhausting. But my issue was, and as I'm talking to Michelle about it, the fact that Cisco wanted to cure, I don't have his backstory, I don't have his background, so I don't have, like, five seasons worth of, like, knowledge. But the fact that, like, I, if I was in that situation, I would have been thinking about myself, not Cisco as Killer Frost. I'd have been like, no, you can't make a cure that would affect me. Like, because I, it's, it, it always gets taken, and then there's mass inoculations, and everyone is just not, hum- um, whatever, what are, what are they called? Metahumans? Mm-hmm. Like, and then no metahumans ever exist, and we just completely wipe you out. You weren't supposed to exist. Like, first of all, let's let's make that clear. You were not supposed to exist. I mean, you can say you that for a lot of things, though. No. You were a freak accident. In that moment in time, something happened where we messed up, and we caused all of these people to have to have a lifestyle change that was drastic. Let's be real. Let's say that first. It's not like they were born this way. I mean, I I think that... I think it's sad. But at the same token, I don't think that you should be going around mass inoculating. And I feel like that is the extreme that they always go to. Where... You don't get to make... But, alright. I'm sorry. I'm trying not to interrupt you. Go ahead. Where it's just like at birth, everyone's given this shot to make sure that they, they, they aren't a meta human. Mm-hmm. And I feel like at some point it becomes the line of where are we violating these people's rights? Mm-hmm. So I will give you the example of Fallout, who just existing is horrible for him. Because, well, no, you're no, only wait. thinking about him. Think about the people that surround him because I feel like. No, I'm, is- will you let me finish? <sighs> Because, the, like I was actually about to say, the people who are around him who just get cancer or die because of him. And, like, the effect that has to have on him. So yeah. I will give you that. But why do you keep saying the effect that it has to have on him? That the only reason why any of them dying is valid is because he is emotionally affected. No, by. it's not. That's not what I'm saying. Okay. But I'm saying the effect it has on him in the sense that he cannot walk without fear of killing someone. The fact that he or cannot he exist. he want to kill someone. He may want to, though. Like, what What about those instances where they are happy that they have this power, that they're glad that they are able to kill people by just existing? Then what? Th- then I, I don't know, Michelle, because at the same time, I agree. I, like I said, I agree with you, but I'm thinking of the nuanced situation. I don't feel like you are. Because I feel like that's the problem. I think you're not leaving any room for nuance at all. I think you're very much thinking of it in a black and white situation because it feels like instead of thinking of it in a sense that there are going to be bad people, there are bad people now without powers. Why would that change now that they have them? There are going to be those people. Mm-hmm. Why should, why would you allow them to kill everybody else just because? That's that's exactly what I'm saying, Michelle. I am agreeing with you mm-hmm. in the sense that there shouldn't be, people out there who are just massively killing someone but at the same token do you have the right to strip away their power do you have the right to force them to have that power that is torturing them maybe it's not even torturing them maybe they just don't want it do you have the right to tell them that they have to keep it 
Right, but at the sense, at what point do you draw the line? Is the question. See, this is the problem. All right. This is like the I, vaccine no, argument. Let's no, 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 no. No, it's not. Not for me. This is like the um, abortion argument. This is the problem that I have. And I know this is a sensitive, sensitive topic for everyone. So I'm going to try to make sure I, you know, give this the gravitas that it deserves, okay? The problem that I have with this is that if you are someone who... I believe in my body, my choice, right? I believe in that. I believe that you have the right to all your choices and you have the right to all your consequences, right? Why are you telling me that I can't decide what to do with my body? That you, because it somehow mentally affects you, that you get to decide what I do with my body. I'm not saying that I am, uh, that I don't um, respect life. And in most cases, like, it's hard to, like, I'm a, I'm a person for my own self, I wouldn't make that choice, but I can't understand someone else making that choice. And because of that, I can't sit here and say that you, I, because I wouldn't do it, you can't do that. That's not right. That's your body, your choice. And I feel the same for this. I feel like in this case, um, what's her name? Killer Frost and Caitlyn took away Cisco's choice to get rid of something that was bothering him because they were insecure with themselves. And that is not right. You should not be able to do something like that. It had nothing to do with you. So what if it was the other way around? Okay. What if they make a cure? And people are going around stabbing people, getting getting completely rid of the. Oh medicine. my god, you sound like uh, I'm not even gonna. Uh, I'm trying not to be. Uh, I'm trying not to assault people. I'm really am, because I was about to drag some people under the bus with that one comment that was on the tip of my tongue. Go ahead. No, I'm I'm seriously asking because there are people who would do that. So That's what ridiculous. is the line? You sound like a ridiculous politician at this point. No, you I'm I'm like, actually asking you. This you is know, no, what this is, the is line? no. This is what I'm saying. You. This is why I say you sound ridiculous. You sound like those guys who will sit there and say we have a voter fraud issue when you find out that it's only like we need to make sure nobody, not nobody, we um do a lot of voter restriction because there's a voter fraud issue. People have frauded the system. Then you find out, oh, it's only been three cases. And in those three cases, two of them were by accident. And then one of them was like a clerical error. No, but like you will, get someone, like- you will get someone like Cicada or some rogue group of bandits who are out there trying to quote unquote cure people because this, whatever they want to wrap it up in. Because let's not act like that doesn't exist. Groups of people. I'm not saying that it doesn't exist. What I'm saying is that's an extreme outlier that you're going for. You're not... You're not, like, if you wanted to think about that, I would even compare that to um, uh, fanatics, uh, religious fanatics who will go out and within America, let's keep that clear, who will go and shoot up churches and stuff in, today. It has happened. I mean, this would but be But out of all the fanatics out there, how many of them have done that this, No, this would be the equivalent of purifiers on gifted. No, I'm, that's a, another fictional situation. No, but I'm saying you're acting like that couldn't be the next. That's what I'm thinking of. I'm not going to fake stuff. That's what I'm saying. Like I, This I'm is a fake thing. It, <laughs> exactly. But I'm equating it to something that's realistic so I can inform my opinion. I'm not going to sit there and base it off of something that doesn't exist so I can hype up something that would not happen. You're saying there aren't rogue groups of people who are going around punishing their enemies? Statistically, 
that would not happen to that extreme like you're trying to make it sound like. How many people do you know out there, If since you want to keep bringing up the flu vaccine or any vaccines, how many of people do you know out there is just going around stabbing people with vaccines? Like people who said that, oh yeah, I don't want to get the vaccine. How well, no, the reason I was on vaccines is because it would make sense that if you're not vaccinated, you catch whatever it is and then they go okay. and spread it. How That's- many people have done that though? With that example that you used. Not been vaccinated. It's been pockets across the states. That have gone around with vaccines just stabbing people. No, they have gone around not been vaccinated. Okay, I understand that. That's somebody choosing whether or not they want to get rid of their powers. What I'm saying is, you said, what about people who, if they get a hand on the vaccine, just go around and stabbing people to vaccinate them and to get rid of their powers, to inoculate them? How many, with the, using your example of vaccines, how many times has that happened? I don't know. I haven't looked into it. It hasn't. It has not happened. Mm. And you're just like, you're being over the top. That's how I feel. I'm sorry. I feel like. Let us know in the comments what you guys think. Like, I'm serious. I really want to know. Also, rate if you have an opinion specifically, let us know. That would be awesome. Yeah, because you'll let her know that I'm right, so. <laughs> Because, like, I'm just saying, like, the examples you used were very much out there. You sound like a politician at this point. Like, trying to scare people. I'm not, but I'm thinking, I'm thinking worst case scenario, and that would be the worst case scenario. A group of rogue purifiers just going around trying right, to, quote, right. unquote, and purify. And who uses that to incite fear about minorities? That's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like what you're doing is using the same tactics used against minorities and any minority, whether it's racial minorities, sex minorities, whether it's um, gender minorities, whether it's sexual orientation minorities, whether it's like language minorities, people like you're using those tactics right now. The reason why people have um, gone, well, reason why genocide was committed. Oh, well, worst case scenario, they could get upset at us for what we've done to them. So let's wipe them all out. You're just being ridiculous. Right, but this isn't that situation. Worst case, if anything, you would be, like, the wiping out would be the mute. What are, what are they called in this? Ex- what are they called? Metahumans. Metahumans. Like, that would it's. I mean, we've seen this in several different iterations of this thing, where the metahuman, people no, are afraid of the metahumans. What I'm saying is- but my thing is, you're trying to relate it to a real-life issue that you can't, you're conflating the issue. I'm not. The problem is I feel like you are. The problem is like if you're going to talk about this as seriously as you're trying to to say why these things are legitimate for her to fear that you brought up the issue of the vaccine. You brought that into real life. So I grounded it. Because he said that he wanted to make a vaccine. Okay. He I'm grounding the issue. The thing is, you're using the same tactics used against other minority groups. The minority group in this situation would be the metahumans. Majority people in this world are not metahumans, a very small amount. To sit there and say that you think suddenly that there's going to be a person who's going to get a hand on a vaccine and then go run around stabbing people with it to take the choice away from them whether or not they're going to be cured is ridiculous. What I will say that could potentially happen is if they were arrested, jailed, in prison, that that could happen then. I can understand having a fear of it then happening, but not just randomly walking in the middle of the street and all of a sudden, oh, I got poked in the arm by a needle. Hey, man, why would you do that? No. One, you know that wasn't what I was saying. 
Okay. Like. That was exactly what you It was wasn't. Exact- All right, Jasmine. After we're done, listen to the podcast because I need you to take time stamps anyway. <sighs> Thank you. I All love right. how after you just tried to lay me out, you're like, by the way, do extra work now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um. We we talked about that, you know. Cecile. No, I was saying I was. I was giving you the next thing. The I know, in. but I was I was summarizing the whole thing with Killer Frost and Cisco. So those were our thoughts about the whole Killer Frost and Cisco situation. She eventually came around and decided to quote unquote help him by taking him to her father's lab, where he could somehow. Use the meta gene that her dad created to create a cure for being a um a meta human. I'm like, ma'am, the source of y'all meta humanness. I don't even know what the word would be. Is different. You had a serum. He had dark matter. Like I don't even know. I know this is a science fiction show, hence the fiction. But this really irritated me. Anyway, moving on. Now we could talk about Cecile, um, or as Nora affectionately calls her, Mama Cecile. So Cecile decides to return to the courtroom, and she's like, oh, I'm a prosecutor. I'm a federal prosecutor. I think she's a federal prosecutor, but she's a prosecutor. And I'm going to, or state prosecutor, she's a prosecutor. I'm going to sit here and just deliver this information to you. I'm hard-nosed. I got what I want to say. And I know what I'm going to say. And I'm going to say it to you like I mean it. Okay. And then five seconds in, she's like, oh my God. I don't want to try. I don't want to seek um, the highest penalty. I want to go for a lighter sentence for um, Weather Witch. After she tried to kill her father and kill a bunch of people. And she also had a lot of property damage. So, Jasmine, what did you think about Cecile seeking a lighter sentence for Weather Witch? My problem with this was specifically that Cecile's like, I'm getting these waves of remorse. I thought that at that point she was like, I can't try this fairly, I can't be impartial, and I can't do my job. So I am going to like hang this up and be a defense attorney. And instead, she's right. like, because she can't do her job effectively if she's feeling all of these emotions coming from the person. Like, because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you feel bad about what you did. That doesn't negate what you actually did. Mm-hmm. So, I, well, I... I don't think so. Isn't it like the state prosecutor? Don't they make more money than a, a defense attorney? That, I mean, if that's what you... It doesn't matter if we're being honest. Morally, it doesn't matter, but financially, it does. But my thing is, like, uh, it it morally does. She's doing a job that she can't do effectively because of her emotions, or whoever's emotions are in the room. Mm-hmm. So, well, it, she can't be a judge, but I think she could be a a prosecutor for sure. I don't think so. Because how do you go for like like she just she decided not to go for the harshest penalty which she was going for originally because the girl felt remorse. I'm not saying that like I get that they're trying to humanize prosecutors, but at the same token, well no that wasn't a goal in this at all it wasn't to humanize prosecutors the goal was to humanize the villains. I don't know and I think it was a combination of both. I don't think so. She was already humanized from the very beginning. Like, 
Well, we were introduced to her season three. Like, we had, what, two whole seasons with her. We got her. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It wasn't a matter of, like, humanizing her. I think it was a matter of trying to be us over here and Nora that these are people and people are fickle and people are, they can, they have the right to change their minds, their prerogatives. Right. You they, can change your mind, but you aren't free of the consequences of that mind change. I don't disagree with you. You know, I don't because I was angry about her deciding to go for a lighter sentence after Nora, especially when Nora took the stand and said, okay, first of all, this is the problem that I had with Cecile's actions. She did not tell Nora what she was going to do, and Nora was her um, main star witness. witness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, well, she was the CSI who analyzed the evidence that could, you know, potentially put this woman away for a while. She didn't tell her that she changed her mind that she's going to go for a lighter sentence. She then um, they came after Nora for standing up for what was right. Um, I don't understand how. Because you feel sorry about the actions that you did, that you are somehow not entitled to the consequences that anyone else would get. Because you're sorry. Like, think about it that way. She tried to murder a large group of people. Including her father. Including her father. She did not. What's that, patricide? She did not try to um, stop. She didn't stop on her own. She did not um, try to save anyone. She did not um, do anything like that. She did nothing to show, not just remorse. Remorse, of course, is like a, a drop in a bucket. But she didn't show anything beyond that, any value beyond that. Jasmine, go ahead. Um, I, I agree. She didn't. She didn't care at the time. And for us to now say that because no one was hurt, Thanks to the flash, as Nora pointed out, it wasn't because of the weather witch. It was actually the flash got there and stopped her. Because she was willing to kill everyone in that town. To everyone get to, to get to her father. Right. Sorry, go ahead. Like, to get to her father. So, that, I, I don't get that because you feel bad about what you did. Now that you've been arrested, now that you are, like, without your powers, without everything, now you're like, I feel so bad. I just want to be responsible for my actions. And that may very well be true that you genuinely feel bad and you gen- genuinely feel um, remorse and you want to make up for your actions. You don't want to be like your father who is constantly running from the law, who's doing all these things. That may very well be true. But, but you don't get a lighter you... sentence because of your desire to want to yeah. be Right. That does not give you the right to walk away from your consequences. And, and she wasn't even seeking it out. Mm-hmm. That's the, another issue. That was both that was Iris Cecile. and mm-hmm. Cecile. Both of them were on board for her getting a lighter sentence. And that's what I like. And Cecile, as a, you calling her a federal prosecutor, but as a prosecutor, her job is to put people away to make sure that they are rehabilitated. Just because you're sorry doesn't mean that you're not going to do it again. Find As we out, saw. Like, say that again? As we saw. Yeah. Like, what, like what's the chance of her reoffending? Like, no. Like, I, I just didn't like that. So, uh, what else can we talk about? Oh, here's something. What? Jasmine, I need you to tell me something, okay? Mm-hmm. How in the world is it that 
Iris and Joe have connections with the government. So strong, the connections are so, so strong that they left a confidential file with Iris and walked off. It was for Joe. Like, well, Joe, like, but they gave it, they didn't even give it to Joe. They gave it to Iris. How did you get that file? Not only did the military guy give it to her, but he walked away. This is how leaks happen. (laughs) I'm just saying, like, are you serious? I was sitting there like, so she just get this big freaking folder and she gets to just look at it, peruse it, take pictures, do all this other stuff. You didn't sit there and watch her, make sure she didn't walk away with it. Well, he obviously didn't care because he walked away. I'm like, what happened to the file? You don't know what she's using it for. She could be taking pictures. She could be like posting it on the internet. You know what I mean? He just said, don't get my name attached to it. That's all he wanted. Yeah, I was like so disappointed. See, this is what's wrong with the American military. Like, Speaking of the American military, did you enjoy the villain? Oh, her? Um, I didn't remember her. She was very forgetful. Wow. I loved her. Like, she was, I loved her. Like, when she first came on and just stole the Lamborghini, and then when she knocked the flash out of the out of the playing field. First of all, um, I must have missed something. How did she get a car with all those tricks in it? It was, uh, they stole it. They stole it from the government. The government was making the car. Oh, so she actually went to Argus and stole it? Yes. Okay, because I, I didn't remember them actually going to Argus. I thought they were going to go to Argus, and then that's when she called, um, what's her name? Weather Witch created that fake hurricane so um, Nora could come. She and, did. And then the girl. Right, went, and Nora put her in jail. So mm-hmm. how did she get the it? The girl, uh, what, I don't remember her name. Oh, she used her staff. No. The girl went to the police station, set off all of the cars. And when they were dealing with that outside. Oh, uh, I forgot. Okay, yeah. got it. Yeah, that car is ridiculous. That car can phase. It was a government prototype. Like they spent what? No, no. Argus, I know. Argus, come on, Argus. How you know how to phase cars now? <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Like this car had every freaking superpower within it. It was the most ridiculous car. It's like you know what this car superpower was. It could do anything that the plot wanted it to do. It was very convenient. Maybe Team Flash should get it because that car is unstoppable. It's freaking ridiculous, all the things that car could do. It And it was cartoony. First of all, listen. The car can throw out rockets, right? And then you press the old school TNT Looney Tunes button so that the dynamite thing it was can remote explode control in rocket, face. yeah. But it was the Looney Tunes lo- little thing. I love the guy now. with the monocle and the mustache when it went invisible. Yes, it could go invisible. It has a cloaking feature. It has a phasing feature. It has it's untrackable. Mi- it's untra. Well, no, it was trackable. No, they tracked the it- staff. They didn't track the car itself. No, they were tracking the car, but when she phased, they lost the tracker. I don't know how it happened. No, they were tracking the stats. No, no, they no, weren't no, tracking no, no, the car. No, 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 no. Well, maybe they were. I don't know. Listen, the car is so amazing it could have happened. I don't know. <laughs> this is like the most amazing car on the planet. I hope Team Flash steals it. I think um, Iris deserves an upgrade in her whip. So. 
And when the government comes knocking. They obviously are cool with her. They left the documents. <laughs> like, come on. She is good to go. Wow. All right. So, um, the last thing I guess we could talk about is Barry and, um. And him not being there in the episode. Well, no. Uh, Barry and, um, Sherlock. So. I like Sherlock. I liked when he was like, um, yeah, give me all of the files that you have on Nora to Gideon. And Gideon was like, yeah, Nora West Allen deleted all the files on herself. Exactly. Good job, Nora. <laughs> like, that's what you get, Sherlock, for thinking Nora was that dumb. Like, he really <laughs> thinks she's stupid as hell. Like, he really feels that way. Like, she went and delete the files that's on her. No, because I don't even think she's Nora. <laughs> and then, two, the other thing that I liked was that he was trying to question Barry. Like, so, well, you know, you've been in the Speed Force. When you came out, you were saying all this crazy stuff. And you had all these symbols on the wall. You know what that stuff meant? <laughs> <laughs> and Barry's like, no, was it, does this have to do with Cicada? Oh, oh no. no, it's just a mystery. You know, I love mysteries. <laughs> and Barry's like, really? So it, it has nothing to do with anything else? Okay. And then I love how um, he gave him that book. Mm-hmm. And it was the um, you. I know you don't watch Legends of Tomorrow. I've but seen the a, Instagram. It's the guy who was on Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, Mick. The fact that Mick wrote it, like this is the whole thing with um, Legends of Tomorrow. Mick apparently is a really great writer, and the fact that Mick wrote it and then Barry's just in it. So like, come on, girl, what you doing? I'm like, yes, Barry, <laughs> yes. Like, yo, you be in it. Like, I be in it. Like, I, I'm someone who gets secondhand embarrassment. Like, I don't know if anyone else experiences, you know, like when you see something really embarrassing for somebody else and you feel like you're that person in that moment and you have to like, you know, woo side to get through it because it gets to be too much. But that's how I am when I'm like reading a book. I'm like, oh my God, no, she didn't. No, she didn't just do that. Girl, come on. Like we in this together. Don't do this to us. <sighs> it was great. Okay. Uh, uh, anything else you had to say about that? No, not that I could think of. Right. I, I did enjoy um, Barry just like no like no oh this is a really good like everybody was like so you're reading that book yeah it's a really good book he's a great writer mm-hmm. like and the only thing Mick writes is um, uh, erotic novel oh really yeah and his stuff has um, sex in it like we know for a fact it has sex in it mm. uh, but Barry's like yeah it was really good I'm like was it Barry did you get new tips like <laughs> What was happening there, bruh? But anyway, um, guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We are going into the spoiler section. So if you don't want to hear about uh, next week's episode, the preview, um, this is now the time to leave. You can find us online um, at overpoweredentertainment.com. Feel free to leave a comment. You can all also find us on um, uh, Facebook. Stitcher, iTunes, us- SoundCloud. Yeah, all of those listening places. And you... <laughs> listen, if you're listening to this, you most likely found us there. And, and then go to, on the website and sign up for our email list so we can send you out emails because you love us. And two, as I've been trying to say for so long, you can go to um, Real OP Tweets to follow us on Twitter. You can go to Instagram at Real OP Graham. You can also visit us in Discord and the link will be in the description. Whew. All right, guys. Well, the ones who are leaving, bye. Now, let's move on to the spoiler territory. What did you think of the trailer? Um, Remind me again. Nora got her back cracked. In a non-sexual way. 
I mean, look, I'm sure she has. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Honestly, what? we don't know. We don't know. You said she's sheltered. She might not. Oh have been. yeah. I mean, that's unfortunate. She's thirty. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I liked it. I liked the um whole scene where he just paralyzes Norris. She's like, I can't, I can't move my legs. And I was like, mm, Barry's gonna kill him. Cause I yes. would have killed him. I would have killed him. Like, cause at first I was like, yeah, when we saw the thing and she, cause we're like, oh, that's shocking, right? But I was like, you know, it happens, whatever. Not whatever, but you know what I mean. But then when I saw yeah, how it happened. that's the price of being a superhero. Yeah, it is. But I'm like, but then when I saw how it happened and one, Barry was there. But when I saw how it happened, he intentionally tried to paralyze. It was like, no. No, when I was like, I would, if it was an accident, I would have been mad at you, but now you must die. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You hurt my baby. And I was telling Jess, like, Nora is like my child, okay? I will come out and defend her. You better not. Like, no, I could not. Like, if I was Iris, like, Barry would be, he would have to hold me back, I'm telling you. Because <laughs> I would have masticated all the way up. Like, we don't need no superpowers. I will handle him one-on-one. <laughs> like, no. You are not going to hurt my baby like that. Uh, And then she was crying She when she looked at Nora. It's like, Mom. I was like, my baby? No, she's hurt. <laughs> no. Uh, and me and her are like around the same age. <laughs> well, her and Nora are about the same age. So, I know. Like, uh, But yeah, like, my feelings. I was all in my feelings, that freaking thing. Like, you heard me gasp. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, oh, what? I think we had the same reaction when we saw I know. <laughs> because, like, that... we both were on the phone, right, but at different times. Mm-hmm. So, like, she heard me react to it. It's just like, what's going on? I was like, oh, I'm just watching it. You need to watch it. And then later on that night, she watched it, and we just happened to be on the phone. And then she was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, oh, my God. I could not. But that was the main thing I took away from that trailer. Yeah, and then we saw the they're going back in time. I mean, forward in time. Sorry. No, that was from the previous. No, but I'm saying, do when you suggested that that might happen next episode, because my thought was, how are they going to get Nora back? See, I'm thinking that's going to happen at the end or the beginning of the following episode. Because they have to get her back to her own timeline, or they mess up time. But then, how do you explain how she got paralyzed? No, they're not taking her back, girl. I don't think that's what's going to happen. I, I don't know. I, I don't see Nora leaving anytime soon. I think she's going to stay on for like at least the entire season. Um, They're going to come up with an excuse because she's a fan favorite at this point. And mm. they got rid of Wally West. So they need another Flash. <laughs> um, but, um, hey, if you guys have any suggestions or if you want to leave a comment, just let us know. Our number one star for this episode is Rach. Thank you for leaving a comment. Um, And Jasmine, do you have anything else to say? Nope. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.